Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello and welcome to The Inner Life here on this Feast of St. Luke. So glad to have you with us for this hour of spiritual direction on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And how are you at keeping a secret? Are you someone who can keep something to yourself or do you have to tell someone? When you have that little bit of knowledge about something, something only you know or maybe you and only a couple of people know... Do you have to get it out? Do you feel like you'll explode? You can barely contain yourself. My dad, shortly after he and my mom married, he knew he was likely to get drafted into the military. And so rather than being drafted and not having any choice where he served, he decided he would enlist so that he'd be able to have a little more say in what he did for the military. And he joined the army. And because he was quite smart, along with speaking fluent German, he was put into army intelligence and he ended up being a spy over in Germany, and this was back in the early 1960s. And there are some definitely interesting stories surrounding his time over in Germany, but one interesting secret that he learned, he found out about it before he ever left the U.S. And when he was going through his initial training and they were doing everything, the Army, they did a background check on my father, that screening so that they know everything about somebody who is going to be working with such sensitive information. And they eventually came back to him and they asked why he didn't disclose everything about his family. And he stated that he had a mother, a father, and one younger sister. That was his immediate family. But the officer reviewing his background check asked him why he didn't include his other immediate family. And my father said, that was it. Mom, dad, sister. That was all. The officer shared with him the results of the background check, and it showed that my dad's father, my grandfather, had been married previously and had two other children. My father, he had a half-brother and a half-sister. Now, my dad was born in the 1930s, so divorce was something that was typically kept fairly quiet. But my father, at that point, being there in his mid-20s and not knowing anything about this part of his father's past... This was quite the secret. But my dad didn't say anything. In fact, he kept that secret for more than 20 years. And when his father died in 1986, that other son, my dad's half-brother, whom he had never met, he contacted my father and his sister, my aunt, asking about the possibility of attending the funeral. And this was when my aunt, her name is Shirley, she learned about having a half-brother and a half-sister. And when she found out about it, she came over to talk with my dad, saying, I wanted to talk with somebody about this. She was devastated to only find out now. She's in her mid-40s, didn't know anything about this side of her dad's life. And my father, he had to respond, telling her he already knew about it. 
And that made her even worse. She was just aghast. She couldn't believe it. He knew this whole time. He knew and he never told her, his own sister. My dad said that, well, he figured if their father had wanted them to know about it, he would have told them. My dad said it wasn't his secret to share. But learning about that divorce of her father, even that late in her life, and even though it wasn't between her mom and her dad, it still really hit my aunt. How about you? Has divorce impacted you? Whether your parents divorced when you were young, I even know people who their parents divorced after they were adults. Or maybe you yourself have gone through a divorce. In our society, it seems more and more that marriages have difficulty staying intact, couples remaining together. It can be done, of course, but divorce, it seems so prevalent. And I've seen it many times in my own family. My mom is one of three children. She's one of three girls. And while her marriage lasted until my father passed away, her other two sisters have both been through divorces. My dad, his one sister, she went through a divorce. My wife has three of her siblings that have been married, and two of them are divorced now. So how do we safeguard against divorce, against failed marriages? And how can you work through those tough moments and make sure that conflict, it doesn't lead to a split? And that's what we want to discuss today here on The Inner Life, how to navigate those ups and downs that we all deal with in marriage. And joining us as our spiritual director for the hour, back with us once again is Father Dave Heaney. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. He's the pastor of St. Bruno's Catholic Church in Whittier, California. Father Dave also has a master's degree in marriage, family, and child counseling from the University of Southern California and uh, has different books available. His latest book is called Luke 10 Leadership, How to Succeed in Parish Ministry, and it's available through Ave Maria Press. Father Dave, welcome back to The Inner Life today. Glad to have you here on this Monday, the Feast of St. Luke. Thank you, Josh. Always good to be with you. Yes, and uh, I, I, you know, every time that you're on the program, I know that we have listeners who want to call in and talk to you, and since this is something that is such a common issue, I, I want to open the phone lines right away at the beginning here, and our studio line is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, and maybe you've gone through a difficult patch in your marriage. What helped to make, uh, to, to make it through that, that you and your spouse, that you got to the other side? What helped to strengthen your relationship? to help foster communication, or maybe you're going through a difficult time right now in your marriage and you'd like some advice, some encouragement, some help in that journey. And that's why Father Dave is here to take your phone calls and offer that encouragement, offer that advice. Again, our studio line, 888-914-9149, our email address, relevantradio.com. And uh, Father, first of all, Marriage itself, it's a sacrament. It's something that the Catholic Church takes very seriously to the point that even if you receive a civil divorce, your marriage is indeed, uh, it's viewed if it's val- valid sacramentally. There's no mm-hmm. way for that marriage to dissolve in the eyes of the Church. So maybe we can start there. Can you kind of just touch on the importance, first of all, before we talk about some of the practical sides of how to work through difficulties Maybe just talk about marriage itself for a moment. Sure. Well, it is one of our sacraments, as you mentioned. Uh, It's very closely related to the Mass, of all things, because the words of the wedding vows 
uh, are very similar to the words of the consecration. At Mass, Jesus completely dedicates himself to our happiness, his entire body and blood. And if you think about it, that's exactly what a bride and groom say to each other on their wedding day. I dedicate my entire being, my body and my blood, everything about myself, I dedicate for your happiness. Now, not everyone who says those beautiful words on the altar means them. And sometimes uh, people, uh, you know, are on the altar under false circumstances, and that's the grounds for annulment. That's when the church will say, well, what happened on that beautiful wedding day really wasn't real, wasn't accurate, wasn't genuine, wasn't authentic. And so that, that's when a marriage can be annulled. But we certainly take people at their word at face value, and we understand that those are the most powerful words that you can possibly ever say to another human being. There's no other words, combination of words in the English language that says more than the wedding vows. So marriage is central to our faith. It's central to everyone's life. It can either be the very best experience of your life or maybe the worst. Or maybe within one marriage, you have the best and worst times, you know, over the course of the years. Uh, so it's just really important to get it right, to get it, uh, to get it accurate, and to live it well. If we live it well, it really can be the source of happiness. And if we don't live it well, it can really be a tremendous tragedy. Whether it's your marriage or if you're a child of a marriage that's struggling, it can be very difficult. Or if you're in a child of a marriage that's doing well, it can be wonderful. So we want to get this marriage idea, you know, well. I was talking to one of our wedding coordinators here the other day, Juliette Cahigas, and she said something beautiful. She said, you know, in, in the business world, people go through training all the time. They go through professional training. They go through seminars. They go through continuing education. We need to do that in our, in our marriage life as well. This is much more important than a career, and the impact on our heart will have much more powerful uh, lasting consequences than, you know, whether we get this job or that job. So I'm glad we can talk about this today because, you know, getting this idea of how we can live in happiness, in lasting happiness with our spouse uh, is so important in our faith and so important in our emotional well-being. So I'm glad we can talk about it today. And I hope we can hear some shared wisdom from our listeners as well. Well, going back to uh, the person you were talking with, that idea of share, uh, the, the continuing education or the mm -hmm. training, uh, what, what kind of resources would you recommend for somebody? You know, we, we live in a world where, especially in uh, the Western world, where there aren't arranged marriages or some of those different things out there still— there's this idea that, well, it doesn't matter what else you might face. If you have love for each other, love will conquer anything. We can do anything if we love each other, and we'll make it through. But a lot of people start out with a lot of love for each other, but there's a lot of things that go wrong over the course of years in a marriage. Um, what is some of that continuing education or training you might recommend to somebody? Well, I think, I think first of all, it's unpacking this you know, amazingly generic word, love. Everybody uses the word love and means it in different ways. It can mean simply attraction, affection, kindness, you know, an emotional state or a feeling. So Catholics have a specific understanding of love, which has been kind of personalized by the person of Jesus. Our understanding of love is really understanding how Jesus acted out this virtue of love. And that's what the marriage program is about, is, is really loving each other as God loves us through, through the, our understanding of how Jesus did it. 
And I think one of the greatest resources we have is the Engaged Encounter Weekend. That's an entire weekend where engaged couples go and spend this time talking with each other specifically uh, in kind of an orderly sequence of topics about how to, you know, make practical this, this idea of love. If you're in marriage, there's marriage encounter, or the same kind of thing, a weekend experience. If your marriage is in trouble, we have Retrovi, which your parish can steer you to, which uh, helps couples who are in trouble. But I think the main thing going forward is just to not assume right away that, that, uh, that you have an understanding of what this idea of love is. And we really just need to unpack that and, re- and especially understand it as our Lord understands it. If I could just add one thing, Josh, uh, you know, I'm ordained 43 years, and here's some good news. When I was ordained in 1978, man, it was pulling teeth to try to get young couples to go to any of these marriage preparation programs. Their attitude was, hey, Father, we got it down. You know, we don't need to know what the church says. But now, you know, so many young people have seen their parents divorce, their friends divorce, maybe they're in their second marriage. And now I can tell you this, couples are really eager to learn what the church has to say because they don't want that sadness for themselves anymore. They don't want the sadness that they saw with their parents visited on their own marriage. So the good news is today when I meet with engaged couples is that they really are hungry for knowledge, for wisdom, for insight to make sure that their life with this treasured, engaged person will be happy, fulfilling, and satisfying. I think that's such a good point, Father Dave, because I know that really, that that was something my mom brought to my view on marriage, because she said she had watched her sister get married almost right out of high school, fairly early, and she watched that marriage fall apart, have a divorce. They tried to get back together, get remarried, and then they got divorced again. And she said she watched how nasty and how just awful that breakup was. And to the point that uh, my cousin, he has never met his biological father because that man wanted nothing to do with my aunt or with uh, his son, my cousin. So seeing that, my mom said, I want to make sure whoever I marry it's for life. I never want to go through something like that. So, I, I mean, that's really encouraging to hear that that's your experience, Father. Yeah, we just actually started, you know, the Engaged Encounter is a, is a three-day weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We just started a 12-week program once a week for 12 weeks, uh, and couples are signing up. I was amazed. I thought, that, oh my gosh, I think that might be too much. No, we have couples that are eager, they're looking forward to it, they can't wait to get involved in the discussions. And I think because they recognize that nothing can hurt you as much as the one who's been already inside your heart. Mm. That's where the most damage can occur. And so they don't want that, they want to guard against that, they want to ensure a happy life. So do we. And once they realize that we're on their side, we want the same thing for them. We want them to be happy forever they're really uh, happy to join. So that's the good news I see today yeah. uh, in marriage. Well, so in your experience working with different couples, 
as you've watched them, if there was one piece of advice that you could give to a husband and a wife, the most important thing as they're kind of starting out, or even if they've kind of been through a rough patch, but okay, we've recommitted ourselves, we're going to make it through this. What's the most important thing that will help their marriage remain strong, even when they do have those future disagreements and arguments? And we know that those will happen. You know, I mean, there's no marriage that is devoid of conflict mm-hmm. occasionally, at least. But what's the one thing that you would recommend? I, I think I can summarize everything I've learned in my master's degree and in 43 years of priesthood. I can summarize really the best advice I can give to any couple in a relationship. And that's these two simple words, to stay engaged in that old-fashioned sense of the word, to be attuned to the other person, to be paying attention to them, to be engaged with them. You know, pe- people look back on their engagement time and they say, well, that was a wonderful time. We, we, it doesn't matter what restaurant we were in, what park we were walking in, what we were doing. We just enjoyed each other's company and it was just a wonderful time. And then after they get married, you know, inadvertently, understandably, they get involved in the household management, raising children, going to work, you know, taking care of the house, and they stop paying attention to each other. They kind of take it for, they take each other for granted. But I think if a couple on, on a daily basis pays attention to where their spouse is emotionally, intellectually, you know, feeling uh, just everything, psychologically, religiously, especially, they just pay attention to their spouse on a daily basis. There is no way that that couple's going to have trouble because they will be a team. They will be facing whatever it is, you know, with each other. So no matter what comes down the pike in terms of their future, good news or bad, they will be facing it together. With And they know each other well because they've stayed engaged. They've, t- they've stayed attuned to each other. So I always tell couples, you know, you, you, know, you met, you became acquaintances, you became friends, you began, you came in love, you began, uh, you fell in love, and then you got engaged, and then you're going to get married on such and such a date. So my advice to you after you're married is go back to being engaged. In everything that you did during your engagement time, keep that going because what because that's the model. That's the model of being, you know, on a daily, you know, being daily attuned to where your spouse is. You know, I Josh, I, I have to tell you again my favorite story is I was driving on the freeway and I saw this billboard for a cell phone company, and it was ba- basically getting people to use their cell phone. But it said, you can call your spouse today and ask how she's feeling, or you can wait five years and her attorney will tell you. (laughs) I remember you telling that. I mean, I I still remember that. It was such a chilling message, but it was so true. So, you know, you can't have an intimate conversation with your spouse every five years. It really has to be a daily decision. That's the motto, by the way, of the Engaged Encounter Weekend. Love is a daily decision. Um, not a daily feeling, a daily decision to connect, to be attuned, to pay attention to, to notice, to dial into, to, you know, connect with your spouse every single day. That's the secret. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's a that's a great point. You know, love is a verb. It's an action word. Something like you say, we make a decision on something that we act on. Uh, Father, let me throw out the phone number again for anybody who's listening and would like to call in. When have you gone through that difficult point in your marriage and what helped you 
to be able to get through that, to make it to that other side? What strengthened your relationship with your spouse? And maybe you're going through that difficulty right now and you need a little bit of advice on what to do next, on how to proceed. And that's why Father Dave is here to take your phone calls at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Father, we've got Amy who's listening to us in San Juan Capistrano. And uh, Amy, welcome to The Inner Life today. Thank you for having me. Um, well, I would like to give a major plug to Retrovice. Um, my husband and I have been married. Uh, we're going on 27 years um, this Friday, so please pray for us. Uh, we have four children. And um, so back in June, um, I was driving my son to summer camp, and I turned on Relevant Radio, and a gentleman was talking and he said, for anyone out there that's struggling in their marriage, go to Retrovi. Well, something had happened that day between my husband and I, and I was kind of like, okay, we need help. Um, I've known about Retrovi. I've heard about it um, in the past. However, it just never really worked out for us. Um, like the, the days, the times, the locations. Now, one of the blessings of um, all of this is that Retrovi was virtual, which was awesome because with our four kids and work schedules, it allowed us to, um, I think, to participate in it. Um, you know, it was easier for us. But anyway, uh, we went through the Retrovi weekend, which I believe is it's basically two evenings and then two full weekend days. Um, I would dare to say that we definitely experienced a miracle there. Um, it was all virtual. We went. We, we actually rented an Airbnb just so we could have some privacy from our <laughs> very busy uh, family. But and then we completed. I think there's a dozen post sessions. So we just finished the post sessions. Oh, it's been a couple of weeks now. What I'm trying to do now is to connect with a like a local group. Um, but we're having, uh, I'm having a little bit of, I'm, I'm still doing the research on that, but I cannot recommend Retrovi enough. And what I want to say is this, is that when you, when you're engaged and when you get married, you, I mean, we didn't have tools to solve conflict, to have dialogues, to talk about what was going on. Um, and I, those are so necessary. And so I do want to encourage anybody who maybe is engaged to get those tools now, or if you are having trouble to go through Retrovi, you don't need to be like in a, I, you know, like an extremely troubled marriage um, to go through Retrovi. Um, anybody who just feels like they're lacking any kind of tools um, would benefit greatly um, from the program. So, I want to just say that it, it was absolutely saved our marriage. It's not perfect. You know, we have our bumps, we have our challenges, um, but I think we know now what to do um, to be able to kind of get back to where we need to be. So that's my story. Thank you, Amy. Beautiful story. A great story of reconciliation, of return to marriage. And you found the right tool for doing it, Retrovi. I just have to say, I just have one complaint about Retrovi. And that is, it's a French word. <laughs> and it's, it's hard to pronounce, it's hard to spell, and sometimes when the people hear it, it's not that quite clear. 
So fortunately, they have a very easy website, which is simply helpourmarriage.org. You can't get clearer than that, helpourmarriage.org. That will take you to the Retrofy site, and you can be able to find uh, resources, Retrofy resources in your local area where you live. But Amy, that's a that's a wonderful story. Uh, you know, I think the best story, the happiest story that we can ever hear is the story of recovery, of, uh, you know, a relationship that's gone south, that hasn't done well, but by, you know, not giving up on it, not abandoning it, um, you know, not losing hope, but reaching out and finding resources and then having those resources be just exactly the medicine that was needed to cure an ailing relationship. Uh, Retrovi is not the only resources, but certainly one of the best. And it's simply at helpourmarriage.org. Uh, and I, so I'm glad you called in, Amy, to give a, a lived experience of what it means to, you know, to come back together into a marriage that's now finally working well. Thank you, Amy, very much. Yeah, so glad to have you here on the program, Amy. And maybe you're listening and you've, like Amy, you've gone through that difficult time and you received some help, uh, something that allowed you to make it through that tough moment in your marriage. Maybe there were a lot of tough moments that led up to, <laughs> to where you finally said, we've got to do something about this. What, what happened? What took place? What helped you? What advice would you give to somebody else who's going through that difficult moment right now? And maybe you are going through a difficult moment uh, in your marriage right now, and you're not sure what to do next what you might be able to do to save your marriage. Uh, our spiritual director today, Father Dave Heaney, as we do talk about navigating those ups and downs of marriage here on The Inner Life, our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And we'll continue taking your phone calls and talking with Father Dave in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life Spiritual Directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. So glad to have you here as uh, we're talking today on The Inner Life about marriage and how we can make our marriages stronger. Even when we go through those difficult points, we don't give up. We're able to actually grow and become even stronger in our marriage because of those moments. And what do we do when we're in those moments? And that we're taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149. I'm Josh Raymond and our spiritual director for the hour, Father Dave Heaney, a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, the pastor of St. Bruno's Catholic Church in Whittier, California. And again, our studio line, 888-914-9149. And Father, right before the break, we had talked with Amy and she was even saying, you know, as we were talking about Retrovi, and again, if somebody hears that name Retrovi, I wanted to point out, like Father Dave said, it's a French word. And so it might be difficult for you to find out there. Um, it has that French spill- spelling with a A-I-L-L-E at the end for the Vi part, Retrovi. Um, but, uh, Father, the communication aspect there, being able to communicate, that's... 
so much of what we're going to talk about is going to deal with communication. But people communicate in different ways. And even when you might think that you're being crystal clear in what you're saying, you've, you've said things as concisely or in the most understandable way possible, your spouse can still misunderstand what you mean, or you might think you understand what they're telling you, but then you find out later you missed whatever their main point was. You, you heard something that was much, much more minor to them. And we could probably spend the entire hour just alone talking about how to improve communication. But what do you think does help a husband and a wife to become good communicators? Or even if they are good communicators, how do they become better communicators? Well, it's kind of a a cliche to talk about communication as kind of the main thing in marriage. And and certainly there's a big point of that. When I'm talking to couples who are having difficulties, I don't really pay attention too much about what their issues are, what they're talking about but how they talk about things with each other. Um, And that's the most important thing. You know, all couples have important things to discuss. Uh, And I don't really care what they are, whether it's finances or children or schooling or household issues or bills. Those are all important decisions. Uh, But here's here's one thing that couples often do wrong. One couple suddenly discovers that there's something really important that they want to talk about. So they go to their spouse and they say, I have something really important to talk about it and I want to talk about it now. Well, it turns out that in our Catholic faith, you don't have the right to command another person's attention. You can never say, I demand that we talk about this now. That person, your spouse, is also a child of God on their own life's journey in their experience. And they may be preoccupied about something really important for themselves. So you, you can't command another person's attention, but what you can say is, I have something really important to talk about. Is this a good time to talk? If the other person says yes, well, then you can start in. If they say no, then you say, good, fine. When can we talk? And that's actually much better because then that gives the other person time to prepare and to get ready so that when you do talk, the conversation is more rational, more reasonable, and more likely to come up with a good solution than the kind of ambush or kind of spontaneous, uh, uh, you know, assault on someone to say, we need to talk about this now. And then the second thing I would say is, whenever you have something to say, think first about the other, about your audience uh, and try to see the, see the situation through their eyes as well. The more that you can do that, the more that you can look at the world through your spouse's eyes and see how is it that they see the world that will shape and guide how you talk. You're not just kind of throwing something at someone, but recognizing what's the, how does this person listen to things? What kind of words work? What kind of phrases don't work? What kind of tone of voice works? What kind of tone of voice doesn't work? So look, you have a message to say, it doesn't matter what you say. The only thing that counts is really what's understood, what's received. Uh, I remember that was a lesson my dad used to teach me all the time. It's not what you say, it's what's understood that counts. So you want to take some time to prepare your audience, to prepare your spouse for something important to say. And that's the beautiful gospel passage where Jesus throws the good, the, the sower throws seed on the ground. And, if, and just throwing it out there, you know, landing on different kinds of ground, it's not going to work. But if, you, but if you prepare the soil, if you plow it and prepare the soil, 
then the seed that you throw on that ground is going to blossom. So just don't spew words at your spouse. Just don't vomit ideas out there. You really got to prepare the ground like the good sower in the gospel. The more that you do that, you prepare the ground, prepare your audience, um, the better. And especially if you have a really important topic to talk about, don't spring it on your spouse, but set up a time to talk about it. And then you're much more likely to, to come up with a solution that's satisfying to both of you. I think those are two ideas that really work well in communication. They're really just kind of common sense. Uh, and they also express a lot of care and attention. You're, you're talking to your spouse in a way that you've already you know, understood that is to be the, the most effective. Yeah, I, I really like that idea of setting up a time because that way you can even get your spouse to start thinking about that. You yeah. you might just say, hey, you know, um, uh, sometime later, maybe this weekend when we have a little bit of downtime, can we talk about this? And then just, just leave it at that and say, no, let's, you know, if even if they prompt you for, well, what are you thinking? Well, I'm still kind of getting my thoughts together. I, I'm still kind of, you know, thinking through it. But... Let's let's discuss it, you know, coming up here this Saturday afternoon when we know we'll have time or whatever the, the case may be. But that way you both are kind of thinking about it and you walk in probably better prepared than you ever would if you just blindsided your spouse with, here's something that's so important and we got to talk about it this moment. Um, you'll probably have much more uh, of a productive conversation. I think that's very beautifully said. I think, you know, you're saying two things. You're saying we have an important topic to talk about. But I respect you, and I care about you, and I, and I want to give you time to kind of get your head around it. I'm just not going to bulldoze my way in with, a, with arguments right now when yeah. you're not ready. So it really expresses kind of an affection, a care, a respect that the other person picks up on and, and feels valued. I think, it's, I think you said that really well. Father, let's go back to the phones. And again, our studio line, if you'd like to call in and speak with Father Dave Heaney, is 888-914-9149. As we talk about how to strengthen our marriages, especially when we go through those difficult moments, how we can improve communication, how we can get through those moments to make our marriages stronger. And have you been through that? Have you been through that tough time? And what did help you to get through it and to make your marriage stronger? And maybe you're going through a difficult moment right now and you'd like some help, some encouragement. Again, our studio line, 888-914-9149. Father Jessica is listening to us in West Orange, New Jersey. Jessica, you're on the air with Father Dave. Uh, hi, everyone. Um, I just was, I've been married now, we've been married 25 years, but well, time period right around between 7 and 10 years, I can't remember exactly. You know, my husband and I were really going through a tough time and, and fighting way more than we should have. And um, I started doing one thing. I started praying a special prayer to St. Joseph every day. And I, um, in doing that, I really came to realize what I was doing wrong, you know, in, in causing some of the difficulty. And my husband didn't know that I was saying the prayer, but he started to change because I started to change towards him. And then we made a decision together that we would get divorce out of our vocabulary. We would just not mention the word or use the word or even consider it as an option. And over time, I mean, now, you know, our marriage is, is very strong. And we also, we now pray. I, I eventually admitted to him that I was praying that special prayer to St. Joseph. And now we try to say that together every night. So it, it's a really good thing. Oh, my God. It's a wonderful thing. 
I, I just am so impressed by you, Jessica, and, and what happened when you were praying to St. Joseph. Because you, you, what happened there was one of the most powerful things that I, unfortunately, is just so rare. You know, when, when couples have problems, they usually say, well, it's my spouse, it's my husband, it's my wife's fault. But in praying to St. Joseph, you had this beautiful experience of recognizing the part that you were playing, you know, your own responsibility, and you took account, you made yourself accountable to that. And then you changed, and then all of a sudden, your husband saw that change, and everything, you know, ended up in, in kind of a beautiful reconciliation. You know, it's a wonderful thing that every single Mass begins with a penitential rite, this beautiful moment where we can, you know, look at ourselves and say, what, how am I contributing to my own, where am I shooting myself in the foot? What am I doing wrong that, you know, that I can take responsibility for? And what a moment for self-growth, for self-maturity, for self-development that that is. And I'm glad it happened through the intercession of St. Joseph, a, an upright man who was basically dedicated to the truth of things, an honest man. Uh, so the, through the intercession of St. Joseph, you were inspired to take an honest look at yourself and make the changes that you needed. And and and, and what happens? That ends up in a beautiful ending. That's how that's how things are restored. So thank you, Jessica. Wonderful phone call. Thanks for sharing it with us today. Uh, Father, you know, one other thing that I was thinking there too, as Jessica was talking, she said, we got that word divorce. We got it out of our conversation, out of our vocabulary. And that right there, when you both have that common idea that, okay, things might not be great. This might be a difficult moment we're in right now. But Divorce is not an option, so we've got to work through it. It makes you united. You talked about being a team earlier, you know, that a husband and wife in the communication and the way that they work through things, they, they want to be that team. But the fact that you both have that trust, okay, you're not going to bail on me, I'm not going to bail on you, so we're both going to put effort into fixing whatever it is that's going on here. That gives you a lot more trust that you can put in your spouse at that moment. Yes, that was a that was a very very beautiful promise that they made to each other because it was basically saying we we emphasize on we we are going to work this out. It wasn't just one person saying I'm not going to use it or the other person, but both of them together doing it at the same time. That's that kind of teamwork idea that you know, we don't see the answer right now, we don't see, you know, the future right now, but what we know is what we're not going to do is we're not going to end the relationship. And that I think just gives an infusion of spiritual energy into a marriage that uh, can only come out with a good ending. So yes, that was a wise choice that both of them made at the same time to just remove that word divorce and say, we're going to make this work, we're going to work this out. Our spiritual director here on The Inner Life, Father Dave Heaney, as we talk about how to strengthen our marriages and what has helped you, especially if you've gone through a difficult moment in your marriage. What has allowed you to make it through that and to make your marriage stronger? Uh, was it uh, the time spent in prayer? Was it going through some sort of program to help you address some of the communication issues or other problems that you might be facing? Our studio line, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Father, we've got a lot of people waiting to talk to you, uh, but we do need to take a quick time out here. So we'll talk with our callers in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. 
That's one 914 Or email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back to The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director for the hour, Father Dave Heaney, a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, pastor of St. Bruno's Catholic Church in Whittier, California. And I want to also let you know, before we go back to the phones and your calls, that coming up in November, number one, uh, you probably know, well, it's the month of the Holy Souls. And we want to remember this in a very special way here at Relevant Radio for any of our friends, any of our family who have passed away from earthly life, entered into uh, the hope of, of salvation, purgatory, or heaven. And so we're inviting you to join us starting on November 2nd, All Souls Day, and we're going to pray a novena for any of your departed loved ones through November 10th, those nine days there, during the Mass, during the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, during the Family Rosary Across America, all nine of those days. And all you need to do is just tell us the names of those that you'd like prayed for. Uh, You can submit your names of friends or family at relevantradio.com slash souls. Uh, You can also see that at our website, RelevantRadio.com, or on the Relevant Radio app. There's a banner there where you can uh, input those names. And it doesn't matter. There's no limit on the number of names that you can input to be remembered during that novena. So you can list as many as you like. Again, RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. You can put those in there. And again, we'll start this novena November 2nd, All Souls Day, continuing through the 10th, and you'll hear them prayed for at Mass uh, at noon central here on Relevant Radio, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy with Drew Mariani at 3 o'clock central in the afternoon, and then again with Father Rocky on the Family Rosary Across America at 7 p.m. Central. So I hope you'll tune in, and I hope you will submit all the names of your family and friends that you'd like to be remembered at those times of prayer and join together with us here on Relevant Radio. Father Dave, let's go back to the phones. We've got Denise, who's listening to us in St. John, Indiana. Hi, Denise. Thanks for calling into The Inner Life today. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. You know, I've been married for 33 years, and um, I've been met my husband on a blind date. Um, love him very much, but I notice that the older I get, the fact that he does not practice the Catholic faith is really starting to get to me emotionally. Um, he was baptized. He made his Holy Communion confirmation, and like so many Catholics, and we're, we're the, a product of the 50s and 60s, you know, we're teenagers in the 60s. And um, I just find myself like almost like pulling away from him. You know, I, I'm a teacher. I teach fourth graders religion. Um, I'm a, a Eucharistic minister. I talk to him. He says he believes in God, but I know there's so much more that Christ requires of us. And, you know, I'm waiting for Father Rocky's book actually on marriage. So I hope that's going to be a help. But I was just listening to some of the show, and I've heard some of the recommendations, which I will use. But I find myself even being jealous of my friends who have husbands who either converted or have never stopped practicing the faith. And there's this this distance between us. And I think it's because of the lack of, of sharing the beauty of, of Christ and the things I know between being a cradle Catholic and going straight through kindergarten to university, being taught Catholic, I had a father who was amazing, um, uh, photogenic uh, memory, but he would incorporate 
the Christian uh, about Catholicism rather the history of it and so many things he taught me that I have to be fair um, he doesn't know about and you know this lack of knowledge that so many Catholics don't have like not believing in the Holy Eucharist being truly the blood and body of, of Christ these are all things that worry me I'm a big Saint Faustina believer in divine mercy and I know that that Christ promised he would give us mercy give us a chance even at the end of our lives but I do have to admit I live in fear for him my daughter um she is with someone who is not Catholic and you know I I have to say a great deal of my day is spent praying but also in fear and I don't want to be fearful I just want to have that hope that somehow God will even if it takes a miracle that's a beautiful question I'm glad that you have a devotion to uh, the divine mercy so that's the that's the path forward you know mercy is for people who have done something wrong you know mercy doesn't really go to you know perfect people it really is is applied to someone who needs mercy so your spouse you know is on his own journey we have to recognize that sometimes that takes him closer to god at times sometimes further away so we want to have a merciful attitude towards him not judgmental and also you don't want to compare you know your marriage to other people you don't really know what's going on in that other marriage so it may on the surface look like this or that but you know maybe it's not you know underneath so just focus on on the truth of your own marriage, which is your spouse is on his own journey. It's uh, right for at least for the time right now. It's it's uh, going away from faith, but this is the precisely the time to remember that idea of mercy, that uh, you know not to be critical of him, not to look down on him, not to be angry at him, not to be mad or not to be sad, but just to you know have that sense of mercy, and then. Uh, hopefully you'll take these ideas about how to talk about sensitive topics to heart so that the idea of faith is something that you can talk about with your husband. He doesn't want to be judged. He doesn't want to be looked down on. He doesn't want to be the source of anger. But maybe you can, you know, very gently, very respectfully, always mercifully, you know, inquire, you know, what is it, you know, um, husband, about faith that is troubling you right now or Maybe you can share with me about that. Uh, you know, not that I'll have the answer, but just that it can be a topic of our conversation because that's what your marriage is for, to have those kind of talks. So don't be critical. Don't be judgmental. Um, I would say don't even be sad, but be interested in what's going on with him in a very gentle way, very patient way. And, and I think just keep, that's the meaning of mercy. That's the meaning of that image of Jesus pouring out mercy to the world that needs it. Uh, he's not angry at the world. He's not mad at the world. He's merciful to the world. So make that your model. I'm glad that you have that that um, devotion, and that's the source of your answer right there, I think. Thanks for calling in, Denise, and I hope that's helpful. Father Alex is listening to us, and she's calling from Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, Alex. Thanks for calling into the program today. Hi, um, hi Father. Hi, everybody. I was calling... Um, to talk about what I experienced in my marriage. We were having, um, about 15 years ago, I was having problems with my husband, and um, we married in the church, and I knew that I could not divorce him. I, I love him to death, and I just knew that divorce was not an answer. So a friend of mine introduced the Endow Study, um, Letters to Women, and pretty much it's the encyclicals of Pope John Paul II, um, to women, and that taught me 
how to look at my husband, who he was. Um, it taught me my vocation as a mother, as a wife, as a woman. And ultimately, it taught me that it was me who needed to change, not my husband. My husband is the man who God united me with, and he is who he is. And I had to look at my faults, at my what I was going through, and that completely changed me. I see my husband now. We're happily married. And um, for everyone who is struggling in your marriage, take that program. It's a Catholic Bible study for women, and it's going to teach you who you are. It's going to teach you who your husband is through the eyes of God and why you guys are together. I promise you it will help you. And I hope um, everybody looks into this. It's called Endow Study Letters to Women. Yes, thank you, Alexa. Perfect recommendation. The Endow Program, the word Endow stands for Educating on the Nature and Dignity of Women. And it does come from all the writings of uh, Pope St. John Paul II. So, you know, go on the website, go on the internet and look up Endow Program, E-N-D-O-W, Endow Program. Very, very powerful, very effective, very successful program. And I'm glad it was a success for you, Alexa, and I'm glad that you shared that with us. It's another program, another resource that is extremely powerful and and wonderful, and I'm glad it had a successful uh, result for you. And thanks for sharing that, Alexa. Yeah, yeah, you know, Father Dave, before we end the program here, we've got a couple minutes left, but one of the things that I think really helped me and my wife to understand each other better and to communicate better was when we learned about a concept that was called the five love languages. This comes mm-hmm. from a Christian counselor. He's not Catholic, but Gary Chapman. And I know several other couples that I've spoken with who have benefited from this idea of understanding each other's love language. Yeah, it comes from becoming an expert on your spouse, which is really a beautiful goal to become an expert on the way that your spouse likes to be uh, treated. And you can think about it for yourself. What do you find most meaningful from your spouse? Do you find beautiful words from your spouse, beautiful actions, behavior, things like gifts, uh, time, the time that you spend with each other, or actually physical touch? So those are kind of five classical categories that Gary Chapman came up with in terms of how do you think about how you like to be treated by your spouse? Do you like beautiful words, actions, things like gifts, just time together, or, you know, beautiful, considerate touch? Those are the five languages from that book by Gary Chapman. I think it's a very effective way of kind of categorizing how you become an expert on your spouse. Yeah, and and we both liked it because where the thing that we wanted the other spouse to do Mm-hmm. They might have had a different love language, and so they, you know, they might have yeah. been expressing it in giving those gifts. And it's well, I don't want a gift. I I just want <laughs> you to spend time with me. Or why don't you just tell me I'm a nice guy and I do a good job once in a while? So, Perfect. <laughs> so, Perfect. yep, having that ability to understand what uh, the other spouse really wants and how they receive love from you, Father. Uh, we've got about twenty seconds left here before the hour concludes. Could I ask you to offer our listeners a blessing? May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon all couples receiving the sacrament of marriage. May that bless them forever and ever. Amen. 
Amen. Thanks so much, Father Dave Heaney, our spiritual director. Again, if you'd like to get his latest book, Luke 10 Leadership, that's available through Ave Maria Press. And stay tuned. Mass is coming up next from the Cathedral of St. Paul. And of course, we've got Cale Clark after that with The Faith Explained. Hope you'll join us back here tomorrow on The Inner Life as we talk about heaven, hell, and purgatory. Uh, We're going to talk about those last things here on The Inner Life tomorrow. We'll see you then. Thank you.